It was one of those mornings. Man, thanks, team. Uh, yeah, ushers, if you can come on down. Um, we're going to read this passage again in First, uh, First Peter chapter 1. Having just heard these stories, I think it, it starts to make even more sense. It says, what a God we have. How fortunate we are to have him. This father our, of our master, Jesus. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven. And the future starts now. God is keeping careful watch over us and the future. The day is coming when you'll have it all, life healed and whole. I know how great this makes you feel, even though you have to put up with every kind of aggravation in the meantime. Pure gold put in the fire comes out of it, proved pure. Genuine faith put through this suffering comes out, proved genuine. When Jesus wraps this all up, it's your faith, not your gold, that God will have on display as evidence of his victory. You never saw him, yet you love him. You still don't see him, yet you trust him with laughter, singing, because you kept on believing you'll get what you're looking forward to, total salvation. There is hope in Jesus. Amen? There's hope in Jesus. Let me hear you guys say it. There is hope in Jesus. You hear stories like this, and these are the kind of things that you read about in Acts. You hear about where God comes and he redeems and he changes lives. There's stories of hope. There's stories of his presence as fresh water, right? Fresh water is a, a metaphor God says that, that describes his presence. And he's still sending that fresh water of hope through desert places, through dead seas, and, and transforming and bringing healing and bringing life. Anybody here feel like you were in the fog that Christine was in, barely surviving, all you can do just to make it through the day? You've seen the years go by, maybe even you, you, your kids are growing or have grown, and it's so difficult to engage. I want to say there is hope today. He's still in the business of giving out brand new life now, not some distant future. Anyone here remember the days when you were a student? Like these two students we saw, or three students we saw, where you, you were on fire for Christ, and somewhere along the line, the faith got crushed, hope was snuffed out. Life happened, right? job, pain, loss, maybe toys, I, I don't know. But the first love, the, the real connection you had to God seems so long ago. And maybe you're here this morning and it's out of tradition and you don't even know necessarily why you're here. Maybe you just feel like you got to be back here. And maybe as you're hearing these stories and hearing these songs and reading God's word and your heart's yearning this morning and not just yearning, maybe it's even burning and it's like it's on fire. And if it's that, that's the Holy Spirit and that's God who's on the move right now in you. 
saying it's not that hard to come back. It's in a moment. You have a story like Libby's that your view of God somehow got all mixed up and twisted. And you're, you're seeing her freedom and, and, and her hope and you're wanting that. Did you know that God's actually looking out for you, watching out carefully for you this morning? Like he's that into you. I don't care. He doesn't care what people have called you. Doesn't care what maybe you call yourself. Doesn't care maybe the voices you hear or the people who condemn you. Peter says, you have him. Jesus is yours, meaning that's possible. You can have that this morning. See, he didn't just save us from our sins. He saved us from condemnation, the condemning thoughts, the accusations we place on ourselves that others would say, that even voices that you hear, that you know aren't yours and they're not somebody else. And he comes along and he says, I, I've got hope. Let me give you a new name. Let me give you a new life. I don't care what you've done. I can redeem it. Some of you may be feeling the conviction of sin as you hear these stories. Welcome to the club. You hear these stories and you're like, I, I can't believe what I did this past week what I have been doing this past whatever. And maybe you have addictions you can't conquer and your bondage is so deep and so secure in sin patterns and you can even see it getting passed on from family member to family member to family member. Anger, lying, lust, rebellion. These are the ones the Bible talks about. Pride, bitterness, unforgiveness, hate. Sexual sin, stealing, laziness, gluttony, chemical additions, addictions, gossip, slander. I mean, all of them. And yet there's still hope today. There's forgiveness today. And some of you may be even struggling to such a degree that the struggle is not even just with sin. It feels like it's more than that. And, and you're hearing voices and, and you're being tempted. And it literally feels like you're overpowered. And it's something beyond just your desire. You free, but it's, it's like something has power over you. And, and it's beyond you. And, and it might be demonic. And, and if you're having supernatural stuff happen... And it's bad. I'm telling you, it's not from God. And we have no problem believing that that's happening and coming against it in the name of Christ. I can't tell you how many people come and are relieved when they describe their story and we believe it. Are, are we Satan? No, we're not scared. I'm going to try this other mic. Let me say that again. Are we scared of Satan? No. The only person we're actually called to fear is the Lord. And that's with reverent fear. That's not with freak-out fear. That's with reverent fear. And awe of him and all that he is. 
Paul calls us to be guarded, to be wary, to be on the lookout for Satan. He is a destroyer, and on our own, we are no match for him. And so we have a healthy respect, but we don't fear him. There's hope. There's hope in Christ. There's power in his name. With Christ's name, we have nothing to fear. Death, sin, Satan. Fear is a, a big thing for a lot of us. Even recently, I've just had a number of conversations with people. We're about ready to have this election. And I hear fear in Christians as we look forward to what could happen here in a couple weeks. It's one of the first times in my life, the only time in my life, I've seen Christians who are Democrats and Christians who are Republicans absolutely mortified at the candidate their party is putting forward. Both people are not going to lead this nation to righteousness. They're not. They won't. And I hear fear creeping into Christians' voices. It's a sobering moment in our country's history. It is. It is something that does deserve prayer. I don't know if you're a young student, uh, you may be in grade school, you're in high school, college, and you've been walking with Jesus, maybe, or you're an adult and it's all new to you. But I, I want to say something right here. Just hear me on this. Don't freak out. If you're in grade school and you hear mom and dad talking, and they're talking in ways that makes you scared, don't freak out. Tell mom and dad to quit freaking out, okay? All right? Those of you who are younger, you've grown up with 9-11. You've grown up seeing school shootings. You have assemblies now about Rachel's challenge, which talks about school shootings. I mean, when I was growing up, we never had any of that. You have nightmares about this. I know this because I have kids. You have nightmares about all these evil things. Every age, listen to this, kids and students, every generation has their evils they have to face. When I was growing up, it was Russia and nuclear war. I went to bed, I can't tell you how many times, terrified that somebody, that Russia would, would send over a missile and blow us all up and we'd all die. I mean, that was my nightmare almost all the time growing up. You probably have nightmares too. You're hearing stuff and you're seeing stuff. I want to just say something, though. The Bible says there is no authority, there is no president, there's no government, there's no military out there that is in power except that God has allowed it to happen which means everything right now is still under his control. Satan does have rule over this world for a short period of time, but only under the authority and allowance of God. I want to say that because as you see evil and you feel fear, hold on to this. That God is in control, and not only that, but he will hold those leaders accountable for the evil they perpetrate. Those governments will have a day of reckoning. We don't have to fear. We have hope in Christ. Even in this election, there is hope 
in Christ. If you've walked with Jesus enough, decade after decade, you see those moments. And we reflect even going back to one of the worst moments in in world history. In fact, you would say it is the worst moment, the day that Christ was killed. And yet, in the darkest hour was the moment of the brightest light. Salvation offered to this world. And when things do look dark, God's light is shining bright. And there's hope. This morning, as I was thinking about what do we talk about and what do we do, um, I kept praying and saying, okay, God, what do you want to do? These stories just are the message to so much of, the, of what's going on for this morning. And uh, what I kept just sensing is uh, just bring them into my presence. Come into my presence. Come and just kind of get into the river and, and really just soak in the hope of heaven. That's it. There's hope. And so we're going to spend some few moments here at the end, not rushing anywhere, but staying in the presence of God. And if you need hope this morning, which I would imagine applies to every single person, you never outgrow it. It never gets old. God's hope never has an expiration date. It can be new for today. And we're going to spend some time just in his presence, asking him to just fill us, to cover us, to renew us with his hope. So I invite the the team to come up.